This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Praise the Lord. Well, at Christian Family Church, we want to be significant. Amen. We want to impact the lives of people in this month of March. Can you believe it? It's March already. <laughs> this month of March, we want to develop friendships. We want to grow in the things of God. But as a church, we want to be significant. Can we do that? Amen. <clears throat> we can touch the lives of those around us. Well, this morning, uh, before we get into the message, I'd like to take this opportunity and thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev for the wonderful opportunity and privilege to be able to share the Word of God with you this weekend. I love our senior pastors. I pray for them. I encourage you to pray for them daily. And I'm so grateful that we have pastors like Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev who direct us in the truth of God's Word. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. Well, let's open up in prayer today, and we're going to get straight into the Word this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you once again for this awesome day, a day that you have given us, that we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. And as we come together as your family, we invite you, Holy Spirit, because this is your church and you are the teacher. And Lord, I never trust on my own abilities, but totally depend upon you to come and have your way. Please speak through me this morning that life may come to those that hear your word. And my prayer is that every hearer's ear will be open, their heart will be ready to receive, and their lives will change as a result of your word. And Father, we are careful always to give you and you alone all the praise, the honor, and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Praise God. Well, family, the title of my message this morning is, It's not good that man should be alone. Who can agree with that? It's not good that man should be alone. And my opening statement to all of us today, something for us to ponder on, is the following. You see, family, the greatest contribution that we will ever make in this life, the greatest contribution that we will ever make in this life is how we impact the lives of others. That's the greatest impact you'll ever make. It's not how successful you are. It's not how many businesses you start. It's not how many homes or properties you own, but the lives that you impact for Christ. That's the greatest contribution you can ever make in this life. Because at the end of it, when we breathe our last, we are not taking those things with us to heaven, but we are taking the souls of men that we led to the Lord, that we impacted for eternity. How many have heard of Mother Teresa? All heard of Mother Teresa. She made this statement. She said this, a life not lived for others is not a life. How powerful is that? You know, Jesus himself came and said that I came to serve and not to be served. He came to impact the lives of others. Didn't he do that? We are a result of that today. And so that needs to be our responsibility. So this morning, if you have your Bibles, won't you turn with me to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. Now we often quote this verse when we're referencing to husbands and wives. We often quote this verse. Um, but I need you to all understand that this verse refers to more than just a husband and wife. Because at that time, God was speaking to all the humans that were on the planet, which happened to be Adam and Eve. <laughs> okay? But that verse obviously applies to every man and woman, every person on the planet. And so let's have a look at it. Let's break it down. It starts off by saying the following. And the Lord God said. So let's just stop there for a moment. We need to understand, your church, that this is not a human speaking. 
This is not a president of a nation speaking. This is not someone famous speaking. This is the creator of the universe. And he's about to make a statement. And this is what he says. His first words he says in this verse is, it is not good. I think when we ever, when we ever hear God saying it is not good, we need to stop. Because he's about to tell us that he's not happy about something. Amen? So when God says something is not good, he's expecting us to change it. Would you agree with me? I mean, if he's telling you something's not good, let's not try and debate with him. Let's just say, yes, Lord, this is not good. What must I do? So he goes on to say, it is not good that man should be alone. It's not good that man should be alone. And that word man, if you look it up in the original writing, in the uh, Hebrew, it refers to person, not just a male, to people. That's what it refers to as well. So although it's referring Yahweh, speaking to Adam and Eve, as I said to you, they were all the people that were on the face of the earth at that time. And God says, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So evidently, yeah, we see God doesn't want us to live our life in isolation. And he goes on to say that I'm going to provide a helper for those that are seemingly alone. You and I need to be helpers to other people. That's what God is saying. We need to come alongside people that we can make a significant impact in their life so that their lives will change forever. So yeah, God is clearly telling us we need to live life together in community. Listen to this in Proverbs 18 verse 1 from the Amplified. It says the following, He who willfully, what does willfully mean? Willfully means I'm choosing to do this, right? If I will to do something, I'm making a choice to do this thing. So the Bible says here, he who willfully, he who chooses to separate himself from God, we should never want to do that, amen? One thing we should never want to do is separate ourselves from God. And, and even if you have a relationship from God, with God, it says the following, and man. So he who willfully separates himself from God and man, seeks his own desire. It goes on to say he quarrels against all sound wisdom. That for me is quite amazing. When we isolate ourselves and we live away from other people, the Bible says we quarrel against sound wisdom. Why is that? Well, the Bible tells us that there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. You see, family, in our life, we need people around us to bounce ideas off, to get insight, to help us along our journey. So if I'm living in isolation, if I'm doing things on my own, everything is going to be opposite to me. I'm going to see groups of people and I'm going to be opposed to that. I'm going to see people having fun and I'm going to be opposed to that. Why? Because I'm in isolation and I'm lonely. So yeah, the Bible warns us that we should not live in separation, not isolate ourselves, because we will always quarrel against sound wisdom. And God is a family. Have you noticed that it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as a family? He wants us to be together and united as a family. You know, church, when I look back at my life before I was a believer and now as a believer, if I look at my journey, I look at how relationships impacted me. Those before I was Christ impacted me wrongly. Sadly to say, they were leading me down the wrong way and I was making wrong choices. But those that were around me at that time, that was my influence. They were the ones that were directing me to do things that I wasn't proud of and I shouldn't be doing. But praise the Lord for the day of my salvation. I'm so grateful to God when I got saved. 
and I formed new relationships. And I'm grateful for those relationships, those in the church, the groups that I belong to, the people that were around me. You see, they helped me and developed me to where I am today. And I'm forever grateful for those people who, who walked alongside me. Relationships, family, are vital. You need them in your life. You need people around you to help you. And this is the key. They need you too. They need you as well. You see, family, we believe that relationships are vital. And yet, Christian Family Church, one of the greatest places for developing those relationships is in small groups, is in a community of believers that meet every week, a place that we can walk together with one another. So let's talk about why we believe small groups or cell groups are important. Why do small groups exist? That's an important question. Do they just exist so there's another meeting happening? No, not at all. You see, small groups exist, so groups have one simple purpose. Yes, groups summarized in one line. Small groups exist to bring people together. That's it. To bring the family of believers together so that relationships can be formed. People can grow and walk in this journey together. And that's the main purpose, is that we can come together as believers and strengthen one another. You see, church, we believe God created us to live life in community with others and only then can we experience the full life He intends for us. Only then, when we're around other people. The Bible speaks so much about the importance of relationships. Do you know that our Lord Jesus, when He was about to start His ministry, do you know what was the first thing He did? He went and looked for 12 others to impact. He didn't say, I'm going to do this alone. I'm the man. I'm just going to make this happen. He could have. Amen. But he went and the first thing he did was he selected people, disciples, so that he could walk with them, develop relationships, input into their lives so that they could continue and make a difference all around the world. And we were expected to do the same. So that's what our Lord Jesus did. You see, church, God does his best work relationally. God does his best work relationally. Real discipleship, and before you fall over on that word, because so many times when we think of discipleship, we try to memorize the 75 steps that we have to follow to be a disciple. But a disciple is simply this. What has God done in me? Take somebody along that journey and let them learn. That's all it is. What have I learned as a believer? Walk with a person and just share out those same things that I've learned. That simply is discipleship. And so real discipleship is taking what God is doing inside of you and working it out with other people. How many of you have been changed by reading the Word? How many of you have been changed through a life of prayer? How many of you have been changed by coming to church and connecting with God and growing? All of us have, right? So quite simply, if I just walk with somebody and share those same experiences, their life will change too. Nothing complicated about discipleship, just simply sharing what others with others what God is doing in your life. You see, church, real life change happens in the context of relationship. That's where real life change happens. Now, I know you'll agree with me with this following statement. Meaningful relationships can be hard to find. Isn't that true? In a world where there's so much about me, myself, and I, in a world where people just want to get on and not worry about others, meaningful relationships can be hard to find. Isn't that true? I mean, if you just think about those around you, but that's not God's plan. You see, small groups exist to make life-changing relationships relevant and accessible to everyone. We want everybody in our family to be in a relationship. 
That's our desire as a church, for nobody to be isolated and alone. And so small groups create that environment. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4 from verse 9, we read the following. It says, two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Now, if you think about that verse we just read, Sure, if you physically fall down, someone can pick you up. But there are times in your life where you fall emotionally. There are times in your life perhaps where you've lost a loved one and you are, you are falling in your heart. You, you, you're, you're mourning that person. Perhaps you've gone through a time where your, your company may have retrenched you. You may be down, right? That's a form of falling, isn't that right? It's wonderful to have people alongside you that can just keep your, uh, your head up, your chin up, tell you that Jesus has got this, amen. You're going to get through it. God has brought you this far. He's not about to let you go now. You need people around you to encourage you and help you. Isn't that true? And we ourselves need that encouragement. And we have to give that encouragement. Verse 12 says, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You see, family, it is our desire that everyone is connected in relationships. Do you know, church, that there are certain verses in the Bible that you cannot live out, that cannot work for you if you do life alone? You just can't. One of them affects your answer to prayer. You see, the Bible says in, in the, the Gospel of Matthew, it says, if any two agree in prayer concerning anything that they ask, it shall be done for them by our Father in heaven. You need agreement. It's one of the most powerful prayers is the prayer of agreement. You need people alongside you. How about this one where people said, oh, I can worship Jesus all on my own. Sure you can. But the Bible says that where two or more are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. Isn't that awesome? Why is it? Because God is into family and relationship. He doesn't want us to live this life alone. And so there are several other scriptures, but there's just two to show you that we need to do life together. At Christian Family Church, we believe that the church must grow larger and smaller at the same time. You might say, though, that's pretty strange. It's like an oxymoron. How can we grow bigger and smaller at the same time? Well, this is why. Why is it that the church must grow bigger and smaller at the same time? Well, we need to understand this first. Heaven and hell are real. Heaven and hell are real, family. And the way that we can ensure that our families stay together as believers and don't drift apart is to be in communion and be in a group where we can walk with one another. Because when we're by ourselves, it's easier to be, to be uh, moved away. Have you ever watched these National Geographics and you see the herd running along? Have you noticed who the lion goes after? Always after the one that's by itself. Isn't that true? The Bible says the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Let me tell you, when you're in a community, there's very little chance he's going to have any success. But when we're alone, when we're isolated, that's the one he goes for. So we want people together because we know heaven and hell are real. You see, family, we grow larger to reach as many people as possible with the life-giving message of Jesus. Amen? I mean, that's what we do. We definitely want our church to grow by reaching people with Jesus. But... We gather in small groups to build community and care for people. I mean, I love you, and it's wonderful to see you on Sunday. But truly, truly, I can't have community with you in a big environment. But if I'm with five or ten of you, it's easy for me to speak to you, get to know you. Isn't that right? 
Now, we have many of these smaller communities, many of these smaller little Christian family churches meeting in homes all across our city where people come together, where lives are impacted. So we're growing bigger by sharing the gospel, but we're meeting in smaller groups around our city so we can care for one another and make an impact. Excuse me, my headset's falling off here. It wants my community. <laughs> you see, church, small groups are the vehicle through which ministry takes place and that the best ministry actually takes place between Sundays. Think about that for a moment. We love coming to church. We worship God. We experience His presence. But truly, relationships are developed between Sundays. Relationships are truly developed when we're in that group environment. And here are the reasons. I want to share with you why best ministry takes place between Sundays. You see, small groups offer us these three things. Small groups offer us these three things, which are actually modeled after the early church. The first thing small groups offer us is a place to connect, a place that we can connect with one another. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22, the Word of God says, Yes, whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him so that he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. It's so important to find common ground. I can't find common ground with you if I never come into proximity with you. It's not possible. I need to know what your likes are, what your dislikes are, what your gifts are, what your talents are, what you enjoy doing. I can never find common ground with you if I'm distant from you. Isn't that true? We truly find common ground when we come into contact and proximity with one another. You see, we, <clears throat> sorry, we were not made to do life alone. God created us for community, and small groups provide a place to connect with others, share life, grow in faith together. In, or in other words, groups should be a lifestyle. Groups should not just be another meeting I attend, but it's a lifestyle, a place that I look forward to being, a place where friendships are developed, that I'm connecting with those people every day of the week, just checking on them like you would with any friend or loved one. Just checking in with them, how they're doing. That's what groups is about. That's where true connection takes place. Family, the second thing that groups offer us is a place to protect. You see, in an ever-increasing dangerous world, we need safe places. Isn't that true? We need safe places. Now, we need safe places from obvious danger, but we also need safe places where people can come to, where they're not ridiculed. Because people sometimes speak down on others. They don't care about others. And so in an environment like a group, you are loved. You are helped along your journey while you are growing and not ridiculed for making mistakes, but rather guided. And so that's why I love small group life, because it's a place where you can feel safe, where you know others want to help you to reach your potential. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, it says this, We know what real love is, because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we ought to also, so sorry, so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. We need to make some sacrificial choices. If we want to be significant, if we want to be people that make a significant change, it's going to take some sacrifices, amen? It's going to be putting me back for a while so I can help someone else and vice versa. That's what it's going to take. We all want to be helped in life, amen? And often people are the ones that help us. Well, those that are helping you have made a sacrifice to help you. 
And so we need to do the same. We need to make sacrifices. That sacrifice can be a small thing by simply saying, I'm going to pray for you every day for 10 minutes. We could do things like that for others, amen? But it takes a sacrifice. It is through life together that our problems become smaller. I love that. You know, when we share our challenges, our problems seem to be easier to handle. When we are alone, it's always a mountain to climb. So it's in life together that our problems become smaller. And God uses others to bring support and encouragement to our lives. Small groups become a place where others don't just know your name, but care about what is happening in your life and want to support you in your spiritual journey. And I can testify of that over and over. I've been with Christian Family Church now. This is my 27th year. And I was part of a group almost from day number one. And I can tell you they helped me. When I came to Christ, I had the weirdest ideas of what the Bible meant. Trust me, if I had to share them with you, you would have thought I was from another planet. But you know, we all had our ideas. And I had people that were patient with me. When I'd ask the weirdest questions, they would just help me along the way. And I'm grateful for that. Because of them today, I can stand here and thank the Lord for people that were willing to walk this journey with me. Amen. And we have people in groups that want to do the same for you. And that's why it's an awesome place to feel protected and cared for. And the third thing that group life offers us is a place to grow. We all need to be growing, family. Every one of us needs to be taking a next step in our journey with God. You know you're never going to arrive, amen? As believers, there's always more to God. So we need a place that we can grow. We need a place that offers us the next step in our journey so we can succeed in life. And in Proverbs 27, 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. As I said last night, I don't sharpen knives or axes, and I don't quite know how that all works. But what I do know is the knife needs to come into contact with the thing that's sharpening it, right? You can't sharpen them separately. They have to come into contact. I need to come into contact with you for you to have an impact on my life. For you to sharpen me, I need to come into contact with you and vice versa. If I do it alone, I'm never going to reach my potential. And that's why we need to be around other people. Because whether you think so or not, you have got something that somebody else needs. And vice versa, you do. God has made you that way. We believe every person is created with God-given potential to make a difference in this world. And small groups are a place that you can grow with others to become more like Jesus and reach the potential God has put inside you. It's such a sad thing. When people live their life and never reach their potential. You see, God has placed gifts and talents inside of you. You have them. But you need to make sure that they don't just stay inside of you. That they actually are seen on the outside of you. And in a group life environment, that's where your potential comes out. You see, in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, it says the following. Therefore, I remind you. So this is something we must not forget. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. You have a gift and you need to stir it up. You can't stir it up alone. Here's a newsflash. Your talents and gifts are not for you. They're for others to enjoy. The gifts and the talents on your life are for other people. Have you ever seen a fruit tree eating its own fruit? The apple tree. Oh, I make good apples. Not. The, the fruit is for others to enjoy. Our apostle, Apostle Theo, is, is a, one of the most anointed teachers of the Word of God. Do you think he just teaches in the mirror to preach himself happy? 
No, that gift and anointing is for others to enjoy. There are, there are talents within you for others, not for you, family. And you need to be in an environment where you can stir them up. Amen? In Romans chapter 12 from verse 4, it says the following. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, say, I have a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of His one body, and each of us has different work to do. That is amazing right there. We all have different work to do. The body doesn't all do the same thing. You're not walking with your ears, right? We don't all do the same thing. Yeah, God is saying we have different things to do. He's made it that way. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. I need you. You need me. That's just how it is. We're part of the body. We need one another. It goes on in verse 6 to say, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. Did you notice I didn't say all things well? If you could do everything you needed to do, you don't need anybody else. And God made us the way he made us on purpose so that we need one another. He intends us to be a family and to walk together. That's the way he's made us. So we are all created to do certain things well. And if parts of the body are not all working together, we are dysfunctional. We're dysfunctional, family. We need to be together. Listen to this. In 1 Corinthians 12, from verse 18, it says this. But God made our bodies with many parts. Say amen to that. I'm grateful we're not just all feet. Okay? God made our body with many parts. And yes, He, God, has put each part just where He wants it. He's placed you where He wants you in the body. He's placed where He wants me, Apostle Theo, Dr. Bevick. He's placed them there. In the body. That's what God has done. Verse 19 says, What a strange thing a body would be if it had only one part. Can you imagine if you were just a foot? That's it. Just all feet. If we were just hands, the best we could do is clap. Okay, just hands. Right? But the body would be strange if we were all the same. We're not all the same. We're different and we play a different role in order for the body to be complete. Verse 20 says, Yes, there are many parts but only one body. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other equally. Verse 26 says, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Let me explain it to you this way. Think of your natural body, okay? This is a small little part of your body. Would you agree with me? A small little part. But you just slam that little guy in the door. The whole body knows. Everybody's all of a sudden aware that this little guy's not happy, right? I mean, even if you noticed, uh, for those of you who don't have children, but if you have children and it's time for paddy whacks, you know, yeah, it's the reset button. So when you do that, the pain strikes here, but if you notice, the legs give way. Kids always, oh, but it's got, well, I didn't even touch their legs. But the point I'm trying to make is, is that the body needs to work together. If, my, if I hurt my thumb, my good hand comes to help my thumb. If you, how many of you have strained your thumb badly, sprained it badly? Have you noticed all of a sudden the whole family needs to come and tie your shoelace? But it's just a little thumb. But the point I'm trying to make is as a body together family, the body works best when we're all together. 
And I love this here. It says, it's so wonderful to know that God trusts each and every one of us to play a part in his kingdom. That's why he's made you unique. He trusts you to play your part so that the body can be complete, so that we're a body that can make a difference and be significant. So today, church, I want to extend an invitation to all of you. If you're not part of a group, don't miss out in God's plan. Join a group. Be a part of a family here at Christian Family Church. Let's do life together. Would you agree with me that if something's important to the Lord, we need to make time for it? Would you agree with me? I mean, you're here today because you know that the fellowshipping of the saints is important to God. Amen? And you've made time for it. And I believe the fellowshipping of the saints needs to continue throughout the week. You see, we need to make time for what's important for God. We could come up with the five or six reasons why perhaps you can't meet in the week. Well, I can't do this. I don't have time. I'm not ready. I don't know if I'm equipped. Well, friend, let me say this to you. Listen to this in Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4 from the Living Translation. It says this. If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. We can't wait until we're ready. You didn't wait till you were ready to receive Christ. You came because you were probably broken and needed Him. Amen? And I'm saying, let's make an effort. Let's meet with the family outside of Sundays that we can build a strong body. I love this statement. It comes from a pastor in America, and he says this. If you only do what you feel comfortable doing, you don't need God. God's best is often found outside of your comfort zone. Ask Peter when he stood on the water. <laughs> He's going to be remembered for that forever because he took a chance and he said, I'm coming on your word, Lord. And he stood on the water. I want to say to you, make a decision. Be part of a group. Now, we know you're all different here at Christian Family Church. We understand that. And we have many types of groups that you can fit into because we're not all cookie cut. We're not all the same. So I just want to run through some of them so you can see we have many places that you can feel part of the family. One of the groups is called Bible study groups. That speaks for itself. It's a place where believers come together, study the word, speak about the message on a weekend, and study some sort of a, 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 a biblical curriculum. We then have prayer groups, once again, also speak for themselves, a place where people come together to pray, pray for our church, pray for you as the members, pray for our nation. And then we also have welfare groups. Our welfare work, you know our welfare work very well at Christian Family Church. I mean, we're always making a difference. What we're doing this year is we're doing it now in groups. Instead of one massive group going out to one location, it's in many groups hitting our city, going all over the city. And so if you have a heart for doing welfare work, then we want to invite you to join one of those groups. We also have a thing called free market. Free market. Now, I understand that is really more of a business term. But free market is simply this. You are doing stuff in your life that you're enjoying already. Amen? Whether it's going to gym, whether it's running, whether it's uh, uh, playing soccer, whether, whatever it is, cooking, baking, you're doing that. And you're probably doing it with other people. So why can't you make that your group and just add some ministry? If you're running with some friends, just encourage them. That can be your group. If you're already going to gym, you're probably training with some other people. Make that your group. Just add ministry to what you're already doing. And you have a group where you can impact the lives of those around you. And then lastly, we have what we call freedom groups. Freedom groups is a place that we can come to to find freedom in our life. Sometimes in life we go through the down part of the roller coaster where we are facing challenges. Perhaps you've lost, lost a loved one. Perhaps you've gone through bankruptcy. Or you might have a family member who's, who has a gambling problem. We have a place, a secure place. 
where people can come and find freedom in those challenges that they're going through. Now, I want to say this to you. You don't have to be going through the challenge to go to one of those groups. You might know somebody who is, and you want to learn more knowledge about how to uh, help them. So you can go to a freedom group, learn about it, and you can become somebody who can impact the lives of others. So yeah, Christian Family Church, we have many places that you can feel at home. And I want to invite you to be a part of a group if you're not. I want to invite you to consider leading a group, and we'll help you through the steps of how to do that. How do you find out about these groups? Just jump onto our website, go to where it says small groups, click on find a group, you'll see all the types I've listed, or you can simply just uh, send us a mail at groups at cfcsa.co.za or go up to one of our counters opposite the waffle, give them your details, and we'll connect you to a family that wants to help you to grow so you can live a significant life, grow with God, discover what God has uh, 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 placed within you, and you can be a person who makes a difference in our nation. Amen? God bless you. Thank you so much, family. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.